presence of the Lord. Anybody happy to be in God's house? Two people. Anybody really, really happy to be in the house of the Lord? I am so excited to be here. I've actually been anticipating this all week long. The opportunity to be in the house of God. And um, I think something special, Dr. Jaquette so eloquently led us in exhortation to bring us into the revelation that something different happens when we gather together. Uh, we can't get that by ourselves as much as we think we can sometimes. But when we gather together with the other believers, something different. Hit your neighbor next to you and say, something different. Something, something different, man. Uh, I believe the month of June is going to be a very special month for you. I believe that. The Lord began to speak to me so clearly about June, and he said that June was going to be a month that he was going to release strategies to his people. He said June would be a month that he would call for his plan to arise above the plans of man. And that as we rest ourselves in his presence and we really push into devotion and time with him, that God is going to reveal to us exactly what we need to know for the next place. How many of you are just not trying, you're, not, you're trying not to live life haphazardly, huh? And you want to be right smack dab in the will of God, and that's going to take you taking time with him and getting into his presence. I want you to get your Bibles and go to Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight and verse number 37. I'm super excited to uh, minister this word to you. I believe that God's going to do something special. Am I, um, okay, thank you. Before I jump into the word, we have some, uh, some people who have graduated that, that we, that we're supposed, that we want to honor today. And I'm going to call your name. And if you're here, I just want you to come Come, come to me and we have a special gift for you today. And so, um, um, Chadima, Chadima. Chadima's graduating with our bachelor's degree. Congratulations. Hey, Chadima, stay up here with me. Stay right there. Uh, Shanice Fairman. Okay, amen. God bless her. I'll take her. Uh, Lauren Outlaw. Lauren's graduating from high school. Come on, let's celebrate Lauren. Natori Johnson. Carlin Parker. Jasmine Barber. Lisa Adams, Hepta Henderson, now, we believe that one of the ways to change the world is that as you change the world, you need an education to do it. Now, we're not saying everybody has to go to a four-year college, but at least go get you a trade, go get a certificate, go get you something. Don't just live life thinking that you don't need it. I'm going to tell you, you don't need it to get into heaven, but you need an education on this earth. 
And if you live on this earth, you want to change the world. And what we're doing today is we're celebrating that these people are taking another step in changing their world. Let's thank God for them. Come on. Come on, let's celebrate. God bless you guys. We love you. I got something real special in there for you, okay? When you drink, think of us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you there, Romans chapter 8, verse number 37? We are a family, if you don't know that already. And, uh, and we not only want to be there for each other in hard times, but how much we want to celebrate with one another as well. Romans, the 8th chapter, 37th verse. When you're there, say, I'm there. If you're still looking, say, wait on me. If you're not going to do anything but wait on the screen, say nothing. There you are. Romans 8, 37. The Bible says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to minister a message today entitled Unrestrained. Unrestrained. Thank you, gentlemen. We are starting a brand new series called Unbothered. And and this series um, is, is really, we're going to take a journey through the grace and the love of God. And what I love about God's love is that, number one, it's everlasting. Are y'all in here? It is everlasting. And, and, and what's really, really great about this series is that uh, we're going to really help us to get a fresh revelation of how God feels about us. Now, we've spent eight weeks, I mean, this has been eight weeks, you hear me? Uh, of, of strong correction and direction for what God is doing for us as a movement across the world. All seven of our campuses have been preaching concerning honor. We've been preaching concerning submission. But I want to spend, we want to spend these weeks talking to you about the power of grace and the power of love. These are things, unfortunately, that have been missed and have been forgotten in the body of Christ. The premise of this series, though, the premise of this series is that if it doesn't bother God, it shouldn't bother us. If it doesn't bother God, it shouldn't bother us. It, here's the truth. You have come up with, I have come up with ways that we view others around us. A lot of times those views are different from the views of God. You're looking through the lens of your dysfunction. You're looking through the lens of religiosity. You're looking through the lens of your, uh, uh, the experiences that you've had, your background in life. But oftentimes, the way that we view people is not the way that God views them at all. That's a bit of an issue. Because we, as God's believers, are supposed to be his representatives, his ambassadors. So if we are treating and or seeing the people that were sent to the wrong way, we've got an issue. Not only are we seeing people the wrong way, how about this? We are seeing our lives through a lens that God never intended for us to see it through. But a right understanding of love is essential for the Christian life. Whatever God's called you to do, it is going to be very, very important that you understand his love. Not the love that people around you have shown. Because if we could be honest right now, other folks' love says, you do something today that I like, I'm with you. 
Tomorrow, if you get on my nerves, I don't love you. saying, say, I don't love them, you know. I don't. It's, it's important that you, you, you realize that people will get into a place where they say, you know what, I, I, don't really, I, I, don't, I don't really care for you because you're not doing what I like you to do. And so because that's how we as human beings oftentimes express love, then we don't know how to comprehend his love towards us. Because we feel like if we're bad, God loves us less. <laughs> But if we're good, God loves us more. But the fact is, write this down, write this down. God will never love you more than he loves you at this very moment. <laughs> God's love, God's love has nothing to do with at all what you do, how you behave, your personality quirks, the things that you shift and change. God's love is the constant in your life. When you get that, your worship changes. When you get that, your praise, when you get that, the way that you express your, your, your goals in life and the things that God has called you to do, everything shifts when you know that God doesn't change on me. God is not shifty. You hear what I said to you? God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Folks, people, them fools shift on you. I mean, just shifty as can be. One day, you are wonderful. I mean, you're the best thing that ever happened to my life. I mean, where would I be if I had not met you? I mean, my life has transformed. And, and then the next day, oh, my God, what a horrible person. They're saying bad things about people. You know, whatever it is that they come up with about your life, but you've got to make a decision that you will be unbothered by the noise of others. See, 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 part of the reason why some of us are so shaky by the noise of human beings is because we have not captured the true revelation about how Daddy Abba feels about you. But when you get the revelation of how God feels about you, them fools can say whatever they want to say. And you'll look to your left and you'll look to your right and you'll simply say, I am unbothered, baby. I, I, I am not moved. I am not shifted. Because here are the facts. When people that you have sown into, you've been around, when family members, whatever, co-workers begin to say stuff about you, sometimes we're shifted. Talk to me in here. Be real. Sometimes that takes your whole, it takes two hours of your day. Three hours of your day, you're tripping out about what they said to you. But when you know what God says about you, then you know what, you know who the accuser of the brethren is? Satan himself. And when you understand that, you understand that they're not doing anything but partnering with hell. And when people get into the place of accusation against you, you don't get into the place of feeling like, and I, didn't I tell you last week I'm getting this more and more and more? You don't, you don't have to retaliate. God in his infinite wisdom and his love will fight for you. Do y'all hear what I said to you? Some of y'all looking at me like, nah, man, I'm going to fight somebody. No, 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 no. It is God. God has long arms and strong hands. Did you hear what I said to you? He has the ability to be able to deal with every circumstance. You got to know what he says about you. Yeah. Here's the thing about God's love. You cannot earn it. You don't deserve it. Outside of the blood of Jesus, you do not deserve his love. You understand this? You cannot earn it. There's nothing you can do. You cannot. And I really have to get these principles across to you because some of us, we are working hard trying to make God love us. 
we're doing something not because it's the purpose of God for our life, but we're doing it because just like some of us for our own parents, we felt like we had to perform to have their affirmation. Real sonship in God. Hit somebody next to you and says, real sonship. Tell them real sonship. Real sonship in God has nothing to do with your performance. Paul got all into that. Paul said, this is not a works gospel. He said, this gospel that we preach is all about grace. Jesus paid it all, so I don't have to work to pay for it. <laughs> Salvation is free. Redemption is free. The love of God is free. And I know in America, nothing's really free. Except our car washes here at All Nations. But, 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 but stuff is really not free in life because, you know, if, if, if nothing else, people are trying to get your address, you know, for whatever you're buying for free. They're trying to get your email address so they can market something else to you. And so we oftentimes have a hard time getting the revelation that what God has given us is absolutely free. Well, let's dive into this in Acts, excuse me, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. I love it because it starts off by saying that we are more than conquerors. But this thing about us being more, and what you've got to get, because some of us are like, I'm a conqueror. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what the scripture says. So you're limiting yourself. I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> I can do more than the average conqueror can do. Are you understanding that? Because there are people in the earth by natural circumstances and natural talents who are conquering in different fields. They're winning, and they're taking mountains, and they're changing the world. But you can do more than the regular man or woman can accomplish. But listen to this. you got to do it through the revelation of love. Because some of us think that we're just automatically going to be more than conquerors. But not if you don't understand who loves you. When we understand how the love of God works, it empowers us. That's what I need you to get. When you understand how the love of God works, the grace of God works, it empowers you to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. Paul begins to move on to say in verse 38, for I am persuaded. I want you, I want you to highlight that if you're on your Bible app. Underline it if you actually have a real Bible. Imagine that. Uh, uh, persuaded. Persuaded. That word persuaded is really important word. In, in, in the Greek, this word means to be convinced to be swayed from one opinion to the opinion held by another. I am persuaded. I believe that God wants you to be persuaded. He wants you to be brought into the knowledge of his love to the point that you forget what you once knew about love. And you stop trusting your opinion about love. And what you do is you grab a hold of his opinion about love. So, so during this series, it's going to be a series of persuasion. It's going to be a series that I'm moving from one set of thoughts to another set of thoughts. I'm being persuaded into the mind of God. I'm being persuaded into how God thinks about me, how he views me. I must be persuaded. And listen, when you're persuaded, there's a conviction that you embrace. That no one can pull me out of. That no one has the ability to shake me out of. When you understand love then you won't receive crap from others. Some of us dated people we dated in life because we, were, we didn't really feel loved. Y'all, 
So we accepted second-class idiots because of the fact that we were seeking, looking for love in all the wrong. Come on, y'all. Looking for love. Looking. You, you, we, we, are, we, 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 were, we were looking for love in all of these places trying to fulfill something that was a God-sized void. You understand that? And we end up in dysfunction of sin trying to fill a void. That's, that's what sin is always trying to do. You understand that? When, when we get into addictions and addictive behavior, that is all about trying to fill a void. And the reason why we have to keep going back to it is because it never works. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Addictive behavior brings temporary experiences that fulfill us for a second. But when we get over that moment, right, that's what the whole idea even of a drug addiction is about seeking the next high. Because the first one did not last. That's what it is about sex addiction. Talk to me in here. Sex addiction. We, we're like, you know what? Yeah, amen. He, that was 10 seconds, Lord. So then you go back. Y'all here? You're like, oh, is that? So then you have to go find you another joystick in order to make sure. That you try to fulfill, are y'all in here? Try to fulfill something that did not last the first time. Because I'm void of love. Because we think because we're saved, we understand love. We think because we worship, we understand love. We think, we think, we think, we think because we praise, we understand love. But our love is choosy. I'm going to remind you again. So it messes up your relationship with him. Because if you make one mistake, it could be talking bad to someone. It could be gossiping. You make one mistake and you're holding on. Some of you, I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. You're going to get free. You hear me? That, that some, some of us, some of us, you are, you are worse on yourself than the devil. Did you hear what I said to you? You make a mistake last year, back in January, and you're still holding on to that thing, and that thing is still a blocker in your life, and you haven't been able to move forward. But by the blood of Jesus and the power of the work of cross, I am telling you that Jesus is saying, I have, when you have repented, I have forgiven you, and I'm no longer having the conversation concerning whatever that is. Stop talking to yourself. Hear what I said to you. You having conversations with stuff with God that he don't remember. God's like, why are you talking to yourself, man? I'm trying to move you on to the next phase of life, and you still about what you did back then. And God's like, you don't think my love is big enough for your mess-ups? You don't think my grace is big enough for your craziness? You don't think the cross was more amazing than your dysfunctions? Hit somebody next to you and tell them, real love, baby, real, real love. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real love. Hallelujah. Religion has made you feel like you've got to perform and you've got to work and you've got to do X, Y, and Z. But by the power of God, I pull you out of the old mindset. 
you're about to be persuaded. You're about to be moved from one place to another, and I'm going to operate in the real love of God. I don't want to receive anything else. I want to be persuaded. Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians 3, 14. We're just going to walk through these. And I'm going to get to as much as I can today to make sure that you receive this. That time can't be right, guys. Did y'all start that when I got up? You waited till I started preaching? I've been preaching for, for 20 minutes? No, I think y'all started doing the graduation stuff. I don't think, I don't believe you. Moving on. So, Ephesians 3, <laughs> verse number 14. Sorry that I pulled you into some of the background stuff. Because some of y'all even never, never noticed it was a clock back at that time in me. You're like, oh, don't trust it. <laughs> I do what I want to. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, because some of y'all start counting on it. Oh, is that no, child? Mm. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 3, verse number 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven is named. Oh, I love this. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man. Somebody say the inner man. This is what we're working on. We're doing a soul work here. Your inner man. Your, your soul, the seat of your mind, your will, emotions. The, the, way, the thing that controls the way you view life and view people. God wants to do so. I feel like a Psalms 23 anointing is in the room. Where the shepherd comes in to restore your soul. In my inner man, in my inner, in my inner man, um, where am I at? Okay, verse 17, that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being, I love this, rooted and grounded, watch this, in love. Oh, not rooted and grounded in the gifts, not rooted and grounded in prophecy, not rooted and grounded in miracles, not rooted and grounded in it, because none of that works properly without love. So the foundational piece for everything you're supposed to do is being rooted and grounded in love. And can I tell you, the way that you think God views you will be the way that you view others. Write that down. The way that you think God views you is the way you're going to view others. And so some of us have no patience, no long suffering. Because we think God has none with us. So this whole worldview, God view, really matters to everything else around you. If you don't get this love thing, man, you'll, you'll, you'll give up on people because you feel like God did with you. Now, I'm going to have the conversations out loud that you have in your head, in your subconscious. Are you getting this today? Well, so he said you got you to be rooted and grounded in love. That, look at this, verse 18, that you may be able to comprehend, I love this, with all the saints, that which is the width and the length and the depth and the height. The width, the length, the depth, and the height. Let me tell you something. The love of God is so expansive that you can get a revelation of it, 
You can understand it, but verse 19 says that the love of Christ passes knowledge. That's confusing. That's confusing because he said we can comprehend it, but it passes knowledge. We can comprehend it, but it passes knowledge. We can comprehend it, but it passes knowledge. That means that I can get a part of the revelation. But even when I think that I've understood love, when I come to the end of my love walk, if I run into prayer, if I run into the word, if I run into worship, God show you, I extend that thing. I'm moving farther than what you think because your love has borders, but his doesn't. Your love has borders, but his love has no borders at all. So when you get to the point where you understand love, so you think, God says, ah, I hold on even longer. Are you getting this? So he's saying you can comprehend it and you need to comprehend it at one level, but you're going to forever be searching out this concept of the gov of God. You, you're gonna, you'll, be, you'll be searching this out for all eternity, for all your entire life, because it, it cannot be comprehended. The unrestrained love of God. <laughs> the unrestrained love of God. This kind of love, my friends, supersedes you and what you've been. And not only what you've been, I'm going to get in trouble here for some of you, but what you will become. <laughs> the power of that thing that happened on the cross, Vera, builds far beyond the experiences that we're having right now. Let's go back to, to, to Romans 8, 38. So he's going to give you revelation, but you're never going to come to it. Because the spirit of pride works in believers where we love, we love when, we, when we get a concept. Ha. They're like revelation gold miners. We, we get revelation, we're like, ha, ha, I knew that's how it works. And then you want to share, which is good. We're supposed to share our revelation, amen. We're supposed to share our revelation. But what you got to understand with revelation, that you are, you, are, you are a finite being. You have not figured out the kingdom on nothing. I don't care what you say. Did you hear me? I haven't, you haven't, none of us have. None of us have figured out the kingdom on any subject, on any topic. None of us. But pride tells us we have. The Bible said line upon lines, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. You don't have the full concept. A matter of fact, that's why the body of Christ is so important. My God, I feel it's annoying. That's why the body of Christ is so important because God will give you a piece and will give me a piece and will give them a piece. And we will not understand the full picture until we get into community. We will not understand what God is saying and what he's doing till we connect to the right puzzle. I don't care what he told you at home in Bible study. You don't have the whole picture with your arrogant tail. You got to get in the house of God. And then you'll start having conversations with other believers. And you'll find out, oh, my God, you got my other piece. Uh-oh. So that's, yeah, somebody kiss Satoya. That is why some of you don't have your next level. It's because you go to church, but you don't connect. You heard what I said to you? And until 
You start connecting, you won't get your, I gotta back up. This is supposed to be loving. I'm sorry. The grace of God. I'm, I'm going to supposed to be very loving and kind. The grace of God is what we need. Let's go, let's go back. Let's go back because let's go back. I am telling you that the Lord wants to set so many of you free. You've been in bondage to your sin even after he has forgiven you. And I just feel that so strongly in the room that God's love is pouring out like a river towards you. If you can feel the Father's heart that I feel for you right now, God is saying, please do not be stuck in those places. Do not remain in places that I have already set you free from. Don't become a slave when you're a freed man. Don't become in bondage when you're a son. I want you to understand that God is saying, I've already opened the prison doors. You've just got to walk out of the old mindset. Verse 38 of Romans 8, and I'm going to get out of your hair. For I have persuaded, I'm persuaded, look at this though, that neither death, we, 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 most of us understand the fact that Jesus died for us. He went into hell and got the keys to death, hell, and the grace. So you're like, yeah, death, death ain't messing me up. Death can't stop love. But what some people don't think about is how many of us have allowed life to separate us from God. And not just your mess-ups, your victories. Oh, man, I only got a couple of people that want to rock with me today. Because you'll start having victories, Devondre, and start feeling like you did something on your own. You, you start feeling like, oh, look what I built. Look. That, and that's why, that's why God allows certain stuff to happen so your butt will stay humble. Can I tell you from experience that it don't matter what God does in my life, what kind of things I build, God will always allow something to happen where he'll say, I want to keep you real down there and low. So you don't think that you had anything to do with this but a yes. Not only death, life has the opportunity to separate you from the love of God if you allow it to. Your accomplishments. All that you have become. All that you have done. And you get to a place where you like, look at all of this. The spirit of pride begins to seep in, and you understand that God, uh, he, he, he says very clear in the scripture that he, he pulls away from the proud. Do you understand that? You gotta, you've got to get rid of pride in your life. Pride is a separator. Amen. In your mind, God's not going anywhere, but it starts to separate you in your own mind. He's still there even when you don't realize it. So neither, neither life or death, look at this, nor angels, nor principalities. He's saying there are no supernatural beings that can stop my love for you. The scripture says, what is man that you are mindful of him? This created thing that you have made, what is man? 
God's saying, no supernatural being can stop my love to you. So if no supernatural being can do it, surely none of these idiots with their opinions about you can. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to you? Not, 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 even, not even the people around you. Who, are, who are, You know, because people have their own goals for you. Did you hear what I said to you? People have their own goals for you. You got your goals. God has his goals. They're different worlds. And then people have their goals for you. And when you don't begin to align with their goals, people will begin to add pressure to your life. And it's not God pressure. It is the demonic talk of serpents that want to get you off focus, I feel his glory, and that want to get you into a place that you should not be in, but you've got to contend for what God says about you. Let's keep moving. No created thing shall be able. That, that word in, in the Greek, to be able, that, that, the, the words there, this is what it means. It means it doesn't have the capacity. Nothing above or beneath has the capacity to separate you or place a divide between you and the love of God. The only way you'll be separate from the love of God is if you allow yourself to be separate from it. And only separate in revelation. His love is still flowing through you. But if you have a revelation blocker, you can't receive it properly. Did you hear what I said to you? I told somebody the other day, months, months ago, I told them, I said, hey, I love you. And they were honest, finally, enough to tell me I don't believe you. <laughs> Hard to hear, but at least they finally were honest about the fact <laughs> that they had a blocker in their heart where they couldn't, as much as the love was being given out, they could not receive it. Mm. So God's love is flowing to you. It's being released to you, but you've got to posture yourself to receive it. Mm. And the thing that cleanses your thought processes is the word of God. Did you hear what I said? I said the word of God is a cleanser. Y'all don't want that. And as you begin to get into the word of God, it'll shift your whole mindset. You'll go from being an idiot and become smart. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You'll, you'll, you'll go from, from, from losing to winning. The mind, the mind of Christ. To start thinking his way. Glory to God in the highest. Let me keep moving. So there's a couple things I want you to write down. I need you to write this down. Here's, here's the first thing I want you to write down. And before you write it down, let's go to Romans 8.31. We're going to go up in the chapter. Because I want you to see this. Romans 8.31. Powerful book. It's a powerful book. Romans period is powerful, but Romans 8 is something very special here, and, I, and, I, and you need to go and study it later. Don't just take my word for it. Go and study all of Romans 8 later and begin to see all that God says about you. Yeah, go see what he says about you. So here's what he says in Romans 8. But what shall we then say to these things? Look at this here, and I'm going to try to keep it together. What shall we say? For if God is for us. I know you've been saying that, some of you, all your Christianity. But I feel like you haven't really gotten the revelation of that thing. If God is for you, who can be against us? So let's talk about this. So I can get disapproved for something at one place. 
And if I accept the defeat, instead of searching out the place where my approval is, I will lose what God was trying to give me because I would think that he's for me, but he can be for me and people can be against. God is saying the people and the circumstances that seem like it's against you can never supersede my power, can never supersede my love, can never supersede my grace. You've got to understand this like you understand what your name is, friend. You've got to know that God is for you. That's the first thing I want you to write down. God is for me. I know it sounds simple, but I want to I offer you today that some of us have not gotten the revelation yet. Oh, I'm going to get into it just a, in a second more. But, but listen to me. God is for you. Ooh. What would happen if you woke up every morning with that revelation? What if, what if, what if you woke up? Ah, yeah, hallelujah. What if you woke up every morning? I feel the Father's heart towards you today. What if, what if you woke up every morning and you, you, before you left the day that you confessed that over yourself? God. Is for me. So then it doesn't matter what else happens throughout the day. It doesn't matter what kind of craziness that happens because I got one concept. God is for me. Doesn't matter what they say about me. Doesn't matter what they try to close down. Doesn't matter who cusses me out, who's mean to me, how they do what they do. God is for me. I need you to look at somebody who looks like they're ready to go home and tell them God is for you. God, God is for he is for you. Woo. I hear you, Lord. I hear you. He's for you. You're not the enemy of God. I hear the Lord tell me to tell you. You're not my enemy. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're, you're not my enemy. I, I am for you. He's for your healing. He's for your deliverance. He's for your wholeness. He's for your peace. He's for your joy. He wants it. He's a good father, and he gives good gifts to his children. He is for you. He's for you. Verse 32 begins to go even further, and it says, well, he did not spare his own son, uh, but he delivered him up. Look at this. For us all. How shall he not with him also, look at this, please, freely give us all things? He's a good dad, and he gives good gifts, and he wants you to understand that. The devil is working overtime to make you feel like God is against you. That's what he did in the garden, my friends. He wanted Adam, he wanted Eve in the conversation between him and Eve. He wanted her to feel like God's holding something back from you. She said, she said if I eat this, I'm going to surely die. And he goes, oh, no. Mm -mm. You shall not surely die. If you eat it, your eyes are going to be open. In other words, your father's trying to hold something from you. Yes, somebody. Huh? So many of us are living our Christian life feeling like God is holding something behind his back. 
we're operating and we're going from place to place, but you feel like he's holding something behind your back. And so it's moved into trust issues. Glory to God. And who you don't trust, you can't receive their love. Come on, yeah. You know, you're not going to receive the love of a, from a stranger or somebody you're estranged from. If you don't trust them, you won't receive their love. But God wants you to understand that he is for you. I don't know what all these tongues are about today, but he is for you. He's, he's for you. He's for you. Here's the next thing the Lord told me to tell you as I was praying for you. He told me to tell you this. He's not mad at you. And at first glance, I was just like, God, come on, give me something just more revelatory than this. Surely you can. And he said, he said, son, he said, the facts are is that many Christians are living their life thinking I'm mad. He said, you know, the church has painted a picture of us living a life, trying our best to keep God happy. As if he's moved in his emotions like you. Don't play me in here. Y'all can look at me like that in that tone of voice if you want to. But the reality is we're operating, trying to please. And there's been this concept built that he's an angry God. Who if you don't do what he says, he's going to kill you. He's going to get you. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the fact that God has been built around the world as some massive uh, being that wants to make you pay. When the reality is this, that he, he died so you could live. <laughs> and not that you just live, but that you could live a life, get this please, more abundant life. He wants you to live an abundant life, not just any old kind of life, but the abundant life, meaning that it is full. Are you, you getting this today? Glory to God. That this life is full of everything that you need. God is not mad at you. <laughs> Some of you are lost in this today. and You're like, I, my first time hearing this. I messed up yesterday. God's not mad at you. I sinned this morning. God is not mad at you. I didn't do what he told me to do. God is not mad at you. Are there circumstances? Are there consequences to disobedience? Without a shadow of a doubt, that does not equal he's mad with you. It's called a structure that he has built around us. He's given us the gift of free will. You do what you will when you want to do it. You are not a prisoner to the will of God. If you decide to go against his will, there are consequences. Surely there is. But he's never smiling about your demise. Oh, my God. God messed with me in my prayer time, and he said, Sermon, tell my children I'm never happy about their failures. God's heart never grows hard. (laughs) 
God is not somewhere losing long-suffering. Are y'all in here today? He suffers long with you. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to Romans 5 and 8. Let's go to Romans 5 and 8. Look at this. But God demonstrates, because I got to deal with this. Because I got to deal with this spirit that wants to make the house of God a place that doesn't accept individuals. I feel the mercy seat descending in here. This thing that somehow we have to have had it all together and be perfect. This thing in churches around America that has made us feel like if, 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 if people don't have it all together, they're not welcome here. This, this country club demon that exists, that tries to make people feel like they have to go through an application process to be accepted in the house of God. Listen to me. I don't know what other church you've been to before. I don't know where you've been. I'm not saying this one is perfect, but one thing we do got, yeah, I don't care what you say. One thing we do have is that this is a place for the broken. Y'all ain't said nothing in here. This is a place for the messed up, for the crazy, for the jacked up, for the people that don't know how to find themselves one day, and one day they get a problem again. God is not giving up on you. He still loves you, and your community does too. Now, now watch this. Correction does not equal non-love. That's actually one of the greatest, greatest ex extensions of love that you can experience. If no one, if they don't correct you, they hate you. Your friends, your mama, I said it, your mama. If they don't correct you, they do not fully love you. Because, because the concept is then, my con the concept is then, it goes to say that, you know what, uh, if they really loved you, would they let you go into that hole? I don't understand that. I don't understand this thing where people start feeling like, oh, you're not a loving person because you told me about myself. The story of my life. I really wish sometimes that, you know, I was like, God, please, just, just, Father, just come on. I don't want to say nothing. Just let them do what they're doing with God. I really, y'all don't like that kind of stuff. I've had those kind of conversations with God. Why don't I, God, please, just, just let them do what they're doing, please. Let them be where they be. Just, just bless them. Just, just bless them, Lord. And the Lord begins to tell me, son, you're not like me if you don't correct. I know y'all don't want to hear that. <laughs> because you want to be able to live however way you want to live and think that nobody should come alongside you and say anything to you. But I need to hunch. I need you to hunch your neighbor real Hunch your neighbor and tell them the love of God will get your life together. The love of God will straighten you out. The love of God will put you on the right track. That's the love of God.
So it's not without correction, but look at this in Romans 5 and 8. It's not just for believers. Bring me all of the rejects. Bring me the folks that churches don't want. And see, that's what some of your problem is. You got to a church where people were being honest, and you're like, this church is so messed up. No, it's just that every other church you went to, they lied. <laughs> we build a culture that we're going to be hot, honest, open, and transparent. And it may make us look bad sometimes. You may think I'm petty. You may think I don't have to get But I'm going to tell the truth. Get your neighbor say, I'm going to tell the truth. Sitting around here lying to people. Don't hug me if you hate me. Look me in my face and say, I hate you. I'll be like, oh, okay. My bad. I didn't know. And guess what I'll do? And I'll still reach for the hug. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> because God is not moved by your emotional status. The love, the love is not for the people who came to the altar already. See? <laughs> you hear this one I'm telling you, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. You don't understand it yet. You don't understand what kind of house you're in yet. Bring them, bring them, bring them until, until we have no more room to hold them. Bring them. Bring the crack addict. Please, please, please bring the prostitute. Please, please, please go and get the whoremonger. Please, please, please go and bring them in. Bring them into the house of God because they'll find out that when they get here, they got community around them that will rock with you until you get it fixed. You cannot be in a place where you feel like, because some of you, because you failed over and over in the same place, you think that I am just, you know, I'm unfixable. Nothing can be done. Let me tell you something. You are not out of the far reach of the hand of God. I don't care how many times you fell into the same thing. Listen to your pastor, please. It doesn't matter how many times that you fell into the same circumstance. He is still standing there with hands, arms wet dry, saying, I want to receive you. I want to take you. I love you. I love you in spite of you. I got to move. Here's the third thing. Leads me to my third. Well, I didn't even read the scripture. I'm sorry. Put it back up. Romans 5 and 8. I'm sorry. That, 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 I'm almost done. I promise. Just hold on. His love towards us. Listen to this. And, and still, that this is what happens. When we were yet sinners. So he didn't die for the saved you. He didn't die for the you that read your Bible. He didn't die for the you that's maturing. He died for sinner you. So who are you to hold back his love to others? And when you make a mistake, hold back his love to you. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing that I want you to write down. God accepts you as you are, but loves you enough to not let you stay that way. God accepts you just like you are, but he loves you enough. Holy Spirit is always knocking on the door of your heart, trying to pull you into higher levels of revelation. Holy Spirit is constantly trying to speak to you, saying, no, nah, that's not the way you should behave. That's not what you should. Come on now. Shift that. No, nah, come on. Pull, pull back. Pull all the way back. So Holy Spirit is always there perfecting you, 
wanting to perfect you, that means to mature you. Are you getting this today? But God accepts you right where you are. Here's the thing. God's acceptance goes where the church stops. Because we accept everybody, except most of us don't want a mass murderer in here. You quiet because you want to fake like you don't care. But if there was a serial killer who was plastered on the news and everybody knew he was a serial killer, his face was everywhere and you being told to watch out for him and he was to walk in the house of God, half of y'all will walk up out of here. You'd be like, oh, well, love you, Apostle. <laughs> Hope you survive. Because our love has limits. We, we feel like he's for, he's, he's for the, the person that sleeps around. But most of us, many of us in here, don't think God is for the child molester. We feel like there's a special hell for them. <laughs> but his love is unrestrained. <laughs> Hello in here. I know your, your religious demon. Some of y'all didn't feel like I had no religion in there. It's in there. It ain't all the way out yet. Here's the fourth thing, and I'm out of here. Come play softly, please. It says, this is the fourth thing that I want you to get. God doesn't want you to be afraid of him. Please write that down. I'm out of here. God does not want you to be afraid of him. And some of you are like, well, I thought the fear of God was the beginning of all wisdom. Well, of all knowledge. Mm, that's reverence. That's, I, I, I reverence you. I honor you. That's not, I'm afraid of you. God has been built in many of our minds as a being we should be afraid of. That when his presence comes in, that we, when we come to his house, we're scared of God. The thing about that is that 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 begins to help you with that. Because it says that there is no fear in love. This thing of love, there's no fear in it. What you're afraid of, you will never approach. That's why the scripture says that you must come boldly, good God Almighty, before the throne of grace. Fear should not be a part of the process that you're walking through. There's no fear in love. But look at this. Perfect love... That word there, Kath, is ekbalo. It means to drive out. Perfect love drives out fear. The more you get the revelation of love, the more fear has to go to hell in your life. Come on in here. God wants you not to just know him as the power of God, not to just know him as the God who, who split the sea. I don't want you to just know him as the God whose presence you love. You love to sing to him. You love to thank him. You love to praise him. 
doesn't want you to just be the God that gives you purpose and destiny. He wants you to understand that his primary space in your life, he is the God of love. God is love. Why don't you lift your hands? Father, I bind up the enemy who has sent false mindsets, doctrines of demons, bad teaching, bad culture that has brought us to the place where we have misunderstood the love that's available to us. You love us. You love us. And not only do you love us, but you loved us first. So help us not to only get a revelation of love, but help us, Father, to share that love with those that are around us. While your hands are lifted, I want you to just begin to open your mouth right now and just begin to worship God. Father, come on, begin to thank him for his love. Come on. You've been felt, you've been felt like you've been placed outside of his love. But, uh, but I'm telling you, God is releasing fresh revelation of his love to you right now. There is transformation that's happening right now as you worship. God's transforming your mind. He's transforming your heart. You're going to understand what this love is about. You will not be outside of God's love. You're embracing the love that he has for you. And you're going to begin to walk in the power that he is providing for your life. God's about to show you what his love is all about. Father, we thank you today for your love. Now I curse the enemy's work over your mind of condemnation. I break the power of condemnation off of you. Where you feel like God has condemned you. But I release the love of God and the revelation thereof for you to walk in that place. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody celebrate God in here if you love him. Listen. I believe there's some people today that need to make a decision to come to Jesus. Um, and today you need to decide that you're going to give your life over to Christ. Maybe you, maybe you um, need your sins forgiven. You need to be made whole. You need Jesus Christ. Today is your day. He wants to forgive you of all of your sins. He wants to forgive you of all of your sins. Maybe you were walking with God at one point in time and you've gone astray. And you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand up as high as you can, signifying, I need Jesus Christ. One, two, three. I need Jesus Christ. I need Jesus Christ. I see the hand in the back. I need Jesus.